The days of Superman are gone. These are the days of the Justice League. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm Terry Lepofsky, and a huge thank you for joining us again. Our topic on this week's show, Execution and People are the Best Strategy. Our guest is an accomplished and amazing corporate executive, Mr. Joseph Elcori. Joseph, welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Thank you, Terry. I was really humbled by your request, and I'm very grateful and truly appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts on how execution and people are the best strategy. We're going to start off with our first question, Joseph. What leader has inspired you and why? Tom Peters. His book on In Search of Excellence was the first leadership book I read. I believe that random encounters can impact our lives, Terry. This can be personal. You meet the love of your life, for example, or you make lifelong friends during activities you enjoy or charities you support. Or professionally, you meet a respected executive, you make a good impression, and they eventually impact your career. Or Maybe sometimes you make a bad impression and that could also impact your career. One very special encounter for me came in the 90s at the Schlumberger seminar in Southeast Asia. I was a very young wireline field engineer and I was invited to the seminar reserved for top performance. The guest speaker at that seminar was Tom Peters. He spoke about strategy and execution, implementation issues, and how empowering employees at all levels in an organization is a secret sauce. After his talk, Everyone was truly excited and gathered around him wanting an autograph or a handshake. For me, I naively asked him one question. I asked him, when did he know he was going to be great? He looked at me and without hesitation said, everyone is great. At the time, I really scuffed at his comment. Then in in the spirit of his talk, I recall he said to me, everyone, no matter who they are, can impact their own life or the company they work for. But do they want to and do they know what to do? He then winked at me, kept his hand on my shoulder while still engaging with others clustered around him. That experience, for some reason, stuck with me, like meeting a rock star, where replaying the conversation in my head now many years later makes perfect sense. Each one of us is truly proud of some achievement of some sort or a special deed, and it puts that special smirk on your face. We're satisfied and happy, and we should rinse and repeat when we experience that. Of course, we also have some bad experiences where we say, I should have or could have done things differently. Let's learn and not repeat that. Although I have worked with many diverse teams in multiple countries, I'm still learning to be a better person and a better professional, sometimes through a good experience, sometimes with good mentorship, and other times through a difficult situation. That's an absolutely amazing story of somebody, Tom Peters, in this particular circumstance that really opened your eyes. I want to mention a little bit about your background, if you don't mind, Joseph. You've had a pretty spectacular career as a senior executive in many different organizations, some of the largest and most influential corporations on the planet. I've always admired your leadership philosophies and your achievements 
There's one thing in particular that has always stood out in my mind, and I was hoping that we could chat about that now here on the podcast. Looking back, I know that you're currently an industry advisor for upstream oil field services and digitalization in the oil and gas industry, and you recently served on the board of directors at CSI Compresco, and a lot of your career, 21 years to be exact, was spent at a massive corporation, Schlumberger. But it was while you were the chief operating officer at Tetra Technologies in Houston, you devised one of the most brilliant leadership systems that I've seen anywhere, and you called it Dedicated to the Core. I often show this system to people who are implementing or revising a strategic plan or a performance management system for their own organizations. And what impressed me the most about this model was the way you designed it. It wasn't just meant to be a guide for the company's priorities, but the way you engineered the system, it provided day-to-day guidance to just about every single employee of that organization. And I think it's one of the most well-designed, effective, and highly polished corporate guidance systems that I've ever seen. So I wouldn't mind if you'd maybe walk us through a little bit of who you are and your background, some of your leadership perspectives, and if you can, Joseph, shine a light on that masterpiece that you created called Dedicated to the Core. Thank you very much, Teddy, for that beautiful introduction. I'm very humbled by your kind words. Let's go back to what Tom Peters' first question to me was, do they want to and do they know what to do? Yeah. The first part is easier to answer. No one wants to show up in the office or at the field location at a customer meeting and look mediocre. No one wants to wake up in the morning and plan to fail miserably on that day. I spent 21 years at Schlumberger in many different countries with very diverse teams and got to experience many different cultures. And I think that prepared me well for my assignment at Tetra as the chief uh, operations officer. When I arrived at Tetra, I spent the first few weeks listening and had around 200 interviews with a cross-section of stakeholders, from customers, large and small, to board members, to a selection of employees across the many different segments and functions at many levels in the organization. My questions were truly simple. What is good about the company? And if you had your chance, what can you improve? It is amazing to me how much you learn when you seek candid feedback, let your guard down and allow people to share their honest opinions. Now, of course, I had an advantage. I was new to the company. I was at a key position and people truly believed that I could make a difference. But in general, change is very difficult. You did 200 interviews. What did you learn from all those interviews? What I learned, Teddy, is that any organization that focuses on a certain area will eventually succeed. Tetra had a slogan that stated, focus on energy dedicated to service and safety. And a lot of the feedback from our customers and the employees alike was very good when it came to safety, awareness, safety performance, improvement planning, and reporting. Also, Many comments that I received were that the equipment was very well maintained and the service delivery was good in general, and customers fed that back very clearly. On the other hand, the areas of improvement were your most common offenders. Generic feedback you would hear in any organization for the most part. Prices were very high when compared to the competition, with little differentiation that was used to justify losing market share. Employees thought they were always firefighting and reacting to continuous management requests. Sometimes unclear lines of responsibility, poor communications, uh, and a weak employee engagement. 
And last but not least, profitability was also a concern. Now, while I was compiling and analyzing the data, I introduced the sense of urgency to target profitability in particular. Execution tactics were very well defined, the teams were informed, and focus was put on coming up with actions, tracking those actions, how teams performed to achieve those results and getting quick wins to really shift the momentum and get everybody on board. But as the organization became focused on this tactical execution, my goal was to ensure that those tactics would eventually lead to systemic and sustainable improvement that people knew what to do. So you were aiming for sustainable and systemic improvement. What were some of the challenges that you faced, Joseph? Terry, the challenge was to develop an execution framework to build upon the strength of the company and to try to evolve its DNA per se, to eradicate some weak genes. I have always believed that without proper execution, even the most sound strategy would eventually fail. And who does normally execute the strategy? People do. Right. So it was necessary that employees understood what the goal was and that they knew what to do. It had to all be about execution and the people. During my fortunate career at Chambergé, I had the opportunity, like I mentioned earlier, to experiment with many assignments in various functions and with diverse teams. This allowed me to learn and grow personally and prepared me very well for this task. Of course, along the way, some of my ideas worked well, others not so much. Disappointment can be a great teacher. And unlike school, life gives you the test first, then the lesson. In that order, unfortunately. But you can always be prepared with good training and development, and sometimes by finding good mentors. Okay, so I've got to ask you, how did you plan to achieve lasting change and that sustained improvement that we were talking about? I honestly decided to focus on behavior rather than competency. In particular, behaviors related to execution to achieve visible improvement and achieve the goals set for the organization, to build an execution framework focused on cultural change. Tetra means four in Greek, so I used that as well and made sure that everything was in sets of fours. And when you explain it that way, people tend to remember that there's always four elements to each category. This is how Dedicated to the Core was born. It was an evolution of the previous slogan rather than a revolution. It had to be. That became my definition of tetratizing tetra. Okay, so what does dedicated to the core stand for? Terry, this customer-centric cultural framework was created to drive essential behaviors and accountability, to deliver business growth, manage and develop talent, and improve performance all around. The C was for the customer. The customer had to come first, of course. Without them, there's no business. In fact, customers loved this framework when I took a few minutes to explain it to them. So the previous slogan of dedicated to service was evolved and focus was put on exceeding expectations to retain existing customers, but to also grow market share with new business through new technology, a new geography, or a new customer. You cannot cut costs to prosperity. You have to grow revenue. In addition, this also helped us focus HR, supply chain, and other support functions and positions on their internal customers. In addition, blue, the color of trust, was chosen for this category. No, I love it. The O and core was a zero for drive to zero incidents. Evolving the journey to zero program that the company had running for three years and asking everyone to drive rather than sit in the back of the bus during that journey. The definition of incidents 
also went beyond safety. It included things like ethics, harassment, discrimination, etc. The red color was chosen to raise alertness and align very well with the internal stop program. The R in core was for returns to improve profitability and leverage for the company. So streamlining the organization, optimizing the cost structure, not just cutting costs blindly, managing the supplier base were all key elements here. And of course, green, the color of money was chosen for this category. The E and core was for employees. This was a big task in which hand-in-hand collaboration with the HR organization was key to identify and manage high-value employees improve plans for rewards and recognition, communicate better, and provide real opportunities to develop and grow. Yellow was chosen. Yellow is a color that displays warmth, yet demands attention and stimulate cheerfulness. Okay, so we've got uh, on the core acronym, C was for the customer, O was for the drive to zero, so an O is a zero, R was for the returns, and E was for the employees. How did you tie this back to execution and people? One way, Terry, is to rid yourself of antiquated performance reviews. What we did here is design one around dedicated to the core, where employees would be rated on their behaviors rather than their skill set or competency. A set of 16 essential behaviors that were well defined for each for C, zero, R, and E. Right. Everyone could impact the business. And to further tie execution to people, goals and objectives, incentive plans, and every other strategy was also tailored around dedicated to the core. So going back to that original question that we started with, do they want to and do they know what to do? Everyone was encouraged to want to. And as usual, few never want to, and they tend to exit the organization or are asked to leave eventually. Some, on the other hand, were extremely motivated and couldn't wait to prosper. Several employees were promoted in recognition of their efforts, and I honestly believe there's really no substitute for accountability at any level. Real change is driven by people, and the best recipe is when that change happened bottoms up, not the other way around. I can see it now. I can just see that when people picture this, they have a clear roadmap for where they know they can go and be recognized for their success. But I'm curious to find out, Joseph, was this visible just within the organization? Was it internal? Or who could see this dedicated to the core model? So to answer your question here and to continue to raise the visibility to dedicate it to the core internally, we introduced an employee of the year recognition program that was supposed to recognize the best agents of change in each of the four categories and choose the best employee that embodied the evolved company culture. In addition to that, the dedicated to the core framework was posted on the external company website. This cultural execution framework was also presented at a shareholders and Wall Street analyst company event. And we tied it into how actions around the four categories were impacting the top and the bottom line of the company. In addition to all that, actual physical Rubik's tetrahedrons were built to help communicate the dedicated to the core behaviors. These giveaways were handed to every employee and sometimes at industry conferences. Each face of the tetrahedron filled with verbs for a specific action around those four categories. So this is like a pyramid, right? Yeah, the tetrahedron is a symmetrical triangular pyramid, if you want to say that. Yeah. Because a pyramid has a square as its base. Right. 
In the business world and in life, many great leaders define strategy as picking a general direction. For me, Terry, it's always been to keep it simpler, to define a goalpost, to choose a great team and execute like hell. I always found that genius is in the simpler. If you look at dedicated to the core online at the Tetra website, you might think it's common sense and that this is a generic framework that can apply anywhere. And you would be correct to say that. The art of war does not require complex maneuvers. Yeah. The simplest are best and common sense is fundamental. Napoleon said that. I did not. I was going to say that. It sounds like something that Napoleon came up with or even going back to the art of war or something. It's been an incredible model. And as I've said earlier, I've shared this model with many people and we're going to do so with this. For anybody that's been listening to this, I'm going to link to that dedicated to the core model on Tetra's website. And I'll do that in the show notes below. Now, We've come to the part of the show here, if you don't mind, Joseph, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. The first one is this, what challenges do you see facing many of today's leaders? Daddy, I think most leaders try to balance the business performance of their company with proper employee engagement. This is, of course, easier when the business is healthy and growing. Walking the talk, per se, is still no simple task for any leader under any circumstances, even when the talk or strategy is very clear. Maybe we should call the CEO chief execution officer. And to do it, you need people. Employee engagement should never be taken lightly. We should always acknowledge good performance and reward it. We should never wait to do so. You need more than good people. You need motivated people. A motivated and talented workforce is paramount and can make all the difference in any organization. So I just say, upgrade and motivate your team. The days of Superman are gone. These are the days of the Justice League. Everyone has weaknesses, but together a super team is much stronger and will certainly win in the marketplace. So invest in your team at all times. You will get plenty returns. I think that every employee can also have a good impact, provided they understand what's expected, like the direction and the goals, know what to do, and come to truly believe they can make a difference. Every idea counts. No idea is too small in any organization. Everyone should always be encouraged to participate. Brilliant answer. And now I've been looking forward to asking you this question as somebody who has served for many, many years in multinational corporations at the executive level. Joseph, what does inspired leadership mean to you? Terry, we meet and interact daily with lots of people. When have you been impressed lately and why? I think everyone is fighting their own battle. Inspired leadership for me is to always be kind and very generous. Ask yourself, when you meet someone, can you leave them in a better state of mind? Can you inspire them per se? I have personally failed many times at this, but the successful encounters make me smile and make me very proud. Sometimes I recall good conversations when I hear positive feedback months or years later, and I really feel proud. I am a student of learning, albeit sometimes a bad student. I want to be better personally and professionally. This requires me to stay focused on what matters. It's what you do and not what you say, and how you do it, and with what team. 
And that's why execution and people are the best strategy. Incredible answer. I am so thankful that you have taken the time to join us on Inspiring Leaders today. Joseph Alcori, thank you for being part of this show. Thank you so much for lending some of your words of wisdom and your perspectives to us. That was absolutely brilliant, and I thank you very much. Thank you, Terry. I also just want to pause for a moment to thank our listeners. You're the reason that we can attract great guests like Joseph Alcori. I want to challenge all of you to leave us a rating and a comment on iTunes. This feedback is important in our rankings on iTunes. The higher we rank, the more others will find out about us and hear us, and we can get our message out to more people. Also, I encourage all of our listeners to head over to our website at ubiquityleadership.com slash podcast and click on that customer survey button. Let us know exactly what you want this show to be. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all again next time. Take care, and bye for now.